0: Hello, listeners. My name is Alex Jonitz, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd. He was a total stud on his D3 college team. This is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast.
1: Enjoy. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 98. Alex and I are coming to you live it is Thursday, May 11th, beautiful Southern California. AJ, I got a big question for you. Are is uh is is are these USC Trojans, are they are they back? Are they are they star studded right now?
0: We're talking about basketball? We're we talking, talking about, about
1: f- basketball and football. Some they, big news this week out of USC. Um Lil Uh Brawny has committed to USC the USC Trojans for um, well, I won't say academics, but he's committed I think for he's, basketball.
0: I think he is going to be playing basketball. I think he is going to be a good 3 and D guy is what the, that's the word in the street at least. He's kind of transformed into a 3 and D guy, not so much like his dad, but yeah, Travis, I heard that they have like the best. Um,
1: Juju Watkins, number one player in America, apparently is committed as well
0: and then it was rodman's son apparently rodman's is transferring sons, so yes. it's like could be a fun team there and then obviously we, we know the last year usc football was pretty fun i think that they would have uh done well in a playoff obviously probably not keep competing with the sec teams but i think they would have uh, been a nice four seed had it not been for uh, uh untimely injury in the conference championship but Travis, neither here nor there i think senior year caleb rookie year brawny james or i should say freshman year
1: brawny james should be a fun year for usc year right it really should be and and, and my, my next question is are you uh are we uh are we a college
0: sports podcast
1: now yeah you, you know what i'd it'd be, it'd be fun to get into that uh that's uh that's that's a that's a separate time but it would be really fun to dive into that but are you uh, are you a big believer a, a, a little two-leg parlay trojans uh champions in both sports next year put a little ulysses s grant bill on it take home 30k what do you think wow <laughs> You know, I don't know who would let you do that because like Caesars and MGM, um, they will not let you parlay like money lines for two separate sports. Um, but, you know, of course, some sites will. I think FanDuel or DraftKings will. But just looking at the odds, it, it really caught my eye because USC Trojans football is a top, I think they're a top eight or a top ten um, Favorite, of course, for the um, NCAA football for the college playoff um, football championship, and then of course the Trojans, uh, USC basketball. Right now, they're still plus four thousand. I think that a lot of other schools, you know, the Kansases, the Dukes. The Kentuckies, um, the Villanovas, or the or the Connecticuts are are all going to be you know still favorites, but
0: not to um, mention the randomness of that tournament. Of, of course, course, the
1: big teams go down all the time. Of course, of course. But yeah, it's it's interesting because you look at that and you said, you know what, like, hey, I think Kaylee Williams can pull this one out for this season, um, and then also, uh, you know, maybe maybe Rodman, LeBron James' son, and also this number one um, player in America. What if they just really click together in the chemistry, and then you got yourself uh you know just a dynamic duo between those two programs and and then uh you know usc has a uh, historical year but wanted to open up with that just some uh you know it's a good little, little icebreaker. Baseball talk are we are we even still a baseball podcaster where we're talking about you know basketball and football the last couple weeks but uh it's good to at least kind of expand Gotta our cl- horizons.
0: Yeah cleanse the palate a bit to open up before we get into the MLB stuff. But um yeah Travis I think there's a big milestone we need to talk about at the top of the episode. Kenley Jansen, a longtime closer for the Dodgers, spent a year in Atlanta last year with a decent success, but not one of his best seasons. And actually, even 41, 41 saves, I'll say, is quite successful, but the ERA, not, not, not a career best by any means, um, one of his worst of his career um, because he's been pretty good. But yeah, Travis, this year so far, he has 12 starts. Now, or sorry, 12 uh, games pitched, 10 games finished, uh, and that's good for nine saves. Now officially at a 400 all-time career save milestone. It's top seven of all time. It's really elite company up there, Travis. Um, This season, he really has added some extra velocity he did not have a cu- the last couple seasons um ever since he's been in his 30s not quite the same closer as he might have been in his late 20s but Travis I think overall just looking at what he's accomplishing at this moment obviously the closers they can go up and down quickly but a 0.77 ERA with a really good FIP of 1.17 um pretty good strikeout numbers 17 in just over 11 innings he's been great so give me your thoughts on how he's doing for Boston at the moment and looking at his age real quick too he's um 35 he'll be 36 um around the time of the end of the season um when's his birthday here september so he'll be yeah he'll be 36 at the end of the season essentially um and is he a free agent next year no
1: he's got one more year with boston right so
0: it's a really good contract for them if he continues this kind of production up but travis give me your reaction to that milestone 400 career saves what does it mean for his kind of spot in you know you know, all time closers being that high on the save mm-hmm. total, and then also just this big season for him.
1: Yeah, he four uh, hundred's a big number because I think that it, it's you're you're looking at not even maybe like the top ten. Um, I think the last the, the next guy up for him to pass is is it Francisco Rodriguez. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. I I would have to check. I think K-Rod's I, I, somewhere. I know, he, I know
0: he's no. I think K-Rod's fourth, and Kenley's what seventh now. Got All time it. Okay. okay i think
1: i think that's the case okay okay but yeah i mean i mean 400 is a big number especially with you know the season he's he's providing right now Uh, can definitely see him playing um two to three more seasons after this one and and then you look at that and you say you know if you can average you know 30 to 40 saves a year which he did last year it wasn't a great year but he got 40 saves last year um then you're looking at 500 and, and I think 500 is a magical number for um, a lot of reasons. I think that voters uh, look at that and they can say, I, I, I think voters, a lot of voters have a certain number or milestone they like that is like, okay, this guy is a hall of famer, you know, 500 home runs for a lot of guys um, or for, for majority of uh, hitters is a hall of fame career. Um, we've seen guys just miss 500 home runs and it really hurts them a guy like Fred McGriff really comes to mind. I think when he's he's seven home runs shy of 500 and that really hurt his chances of getting into the hall of fame in the first 10 years. But now of course with the, um, that, that, that committee that met last year, they put him in, I think it was like his 13th year, um, after, you know, his eligibility, but anyways, uh, Kenley. No. Yeah. It's, it's one of those careers that's, that's starting to kind of like pick up again in his, um, in his latter half of his career, We saw him with the Dodgers, Alex. You know, seasons like seasons like 2017 really come to mind with Kenley because he was like unbelievable that year. um, He, I think, it was like a one point. Let's check the numbers right now. One point, one point three two ERA in 2017. The Dodgers, of course, were fantastic. They went to the World Series. Um, He finished fifth in Cy Young voting, so he was unbelievable those years. And also achieving so many saves you know so many seasons he's had 40 or more saves so um I I, I was a little skeptical at first I, you, if you asked me about two years ago is Kenley a Hall of Famer I, I would I was a strong no I, I just thought that it was just not possible but seeing what he did last year and then of course seeing what he is doing this year if he can just keep up racking the saves then it, it's I mean it's it's definitely possible I I, I would definitely think a guy like Kenley, if he got to 500 saves, that's just an easy kind of okay Hall of Famer. Check off the checked off that box. Um, Let's get him to Cooperstown. But that's my thought on Kenley right now. But it, again, it's it is very it, it's one of those stories or one of those players that is off to a crazy start that you just again you, you just would have never expected.
0: Yeah. So I have the all time saves leaderboard up right now. He is currently one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. Okay. at 400, he's 3 ahead of Kimbrel. Kimbrel's kind of right behind him, but you know, based on how this season's going for the two of them, Kenley might build a bit of a gap there if Kimbrel doesn't kind of figure things out again. He's definitely had a, his his own struggles um pretty much ever since he went to the Dodgers and then it wasn't great before that and then since that, but um, yeah, Kenley is seventh. Only guys ahead of him are Billy Wagner, who I think is a good Hall of Fame shot. We He's talk about him really well. We yeah. talk about him every kind of Hall of Fame season. Uh, John Franco is up at 424 um, with fifth all time. He is not a Hall of Famer. Um, I do think he is quite an underrated pitcher, but I, I'm not sure that his peaks are quite um, as high as Kenley. They definitely are um, very, very good. He has led, the, led his league in saves twice. Um, his best ERA pluses are, you know, around 200, a little over 200. I think that I would might give the edge of of peak to Kenley, but either way, um, if you get past those two, uh, Wagner and Franco, then you're in the top 10, um, only behind K Rod, Lee Smith, Trevor Hoffman, and Myron Rivera. So it's it's funny how if you look at this leaderboard, Travis, no one's in the 500s. I
1: know it's
0: only uh, the top two are. In the six hundreds, and then Lee Smith at third place is four seventy-eight. So if you just if he can get to four seventy-eight, and right now he's at four hundred, which seems very doable. If he can, if he can if he can if if the Red Sox have kind of tweaked something that has made this sustainable, then if you end up third all time in saves, like that's a really good case combined with the prime, the all-star appearances, being on some Dodger teams that were um, had really big playoff runs, lots of success. You know, big moments. Even though sometimes, um, you know, the Dodger fans themselves will give him a lot of, uh, you know, just give him a hard time about some of the, you know, whether it be a blown save or a loss in a big spot. You know,
1: or the twenty twenty uh, postseason.
0: I mean, Travis. <laughs> the, the The truth is it's funny almost every legendary closer you can think of has given up just like a really
1: easy, historic or home run yeah
0: right yeah. historic blown save in a in a playoff scenario they it have it's like you know eckersley even the goat uh, Mariano rivera um you know i mean all these guys uh k rod gave up tanks in boston yeah. you know so yeah. it's just the way it goes for these guys um but yeah i think that uh Kenley has had a great start to the year, and we wanted to give him his just due. But, Travis, um, before we go on too long on Jansen, let's keep it rolling to something new. Um, I say we transition over to uh, the central because I think the AL and the NL central, Travis, have both posed a very... Uh,
1: I, would, I don't know if embarrassments. Po-
0: I uh, I was gonna say they they posed a problem for the league. Um, that's how I view it at least. Yeah. I don't know if the league agrees necessarily, but or when I say the league, I mean you know MLB as a whole. So right now the central at the moment. Um, if you look at both sides, uh, the Twins are the only team in the American League Central above 500. The Tigers. The Guardians, White Sox, and Royals all below. They're all losing teams. I'm not really high on any of those four teams right now. It feels like it's the Twins division to lose, in my opinion, based on a talent perspective. Of course, the Guardians could turn things around if they get some of that contact luck back they had last year, but it's not been a great start for them offensively. White Sox have just been a mess across the board. The Tigers, I don't really believe in their upside talent. Travis, before the podcast, we were prepping. The Tigers have no starting players on, according to baseball Reference, they're starting nine none of them above a 100 ops plus that just makes no sense crazy how is your entire team offense below 100 ops plus every single player yet you're only two games below 500 as a team i don't and, mean, and
1: alex how are you in second place
0: <laughs> and, and, and that just shows the weakness <laughs> of the division right the weakness of the division lies in the fact that the tigers at the moment based on their current level Of offensive play can be 17 and 19 Mm -hmm. but looking at the nl now travis the pirates still lead the division but they have been slipping quite a bit they were like a top three team record wise it feels like the last time we recorded just like you know about a week ago and all of a sudden now um they are uh, just four games above 500 it looks like Mm -hmm. or they'd be four losses away from being a 500 team the brewers are 20 and 17. i still have quite a bit of faith in the brewers ability to be a pretty legit team but i still feel like they also have their weaknesses their pitching might not be quite as locked in as it was in years past i think that burns and woodruff have had a little bit of injury stuff in the early season here Um, The Cubs are just one game below 500, but I'm not super high on them, Travis, if I had to be honest. Um, Of course, they could surprise. They've made some good, interesting additions, have some young talent. Bellinger's playing well, but, I mean, I just don't know how that team could make a big push. It just really feels like a thin division. Then you get down to the Reds. Um, They're a team that you just know is focusing on their young talent, rebuilding. It's very obviously a rebuild time, and the Cardinals are just one of the biggest, Mm -hmm. you know, underperformers embarrassments currently 13 and 25 coming into today i mean eight games back that's this early in the season for a team that thought they might win the division a team that's probably favored to win the division and definitely. they're in last place by a gap behind a lot of other teams that were tanking so it's just really crazy that um this the central feels this week on both sides travis so i have said it before i think on the podcast but i definitely said it to you before i would love uh, them to abolish the central I, I think i think it'd yeah. be i think it'd be a really fun format we've discussed this
1: and and, and we're talking like we're
0: just we're just going to get rid
1: of these teams in these cities right
0: they're just going to join like the canadian baseball association that <laughs> they're going to be they're going to they're going to the, invent yeah they're going to be
1: joining the AAA system
0: yeah. I, I i think they're i think they're leaving the country actually but um uh so Travis, my thought is that we can add two teams one to each div, one to each league the al and the nl um, we know that the A's are moving to Vegas, so Vegas is not really an option. Um, some people think that Salt Lake City might get a team. I think there was a ownership group that was interested in doing that. Um, so maybe you have a Salt Lake City team be a part of, let's just say, the AL West, and then you make uh, an NL East team, something like the... Uh, it could be Charlotte, it could be Memphis, Nashville. There's lots of good candidates in my opinion, Travis. But anyways, you make it so at 16 teams in each uh, league, AL and NL, and then you just cut them in half. So you pretty much have two of the central teams going one way, three going the other way. With the expansion, that means there's eight AL West teams, eight AL East teams, eight NOS teams, eight NL East teams. And then it gets into a much more symmetrical kind of system, I feel like. You can still do the way you're doing it now where everyone plays everyone. But it makes the playoff race probably a bit better in my opinion. Um, There's less focus on your own division. So it's not like, you know, some of these teams, Travis, it annoys me when, I mean, I'll be honest, I feel bad for the AL East teams. If I was like a Blue Jays fan or a Yankees or Red Sox fan, I'd be so annoyed. Like, I am like dying out here in this division like i might be fourth or fifth place in this yes. division in a week from now if i go on a losing streak even though i'm above 500 i'm gonna yes. be fifth in a, like like right now in the al east um the fifth place team is the yankees and they are 21 and 17 explain that
1: yeah and, and that makes be, absolutely
0: no sense and,
1: and you'd be looking at a first place team in the american league central and a first place team in the nl national league central but which again, fifth.
0: They're fifth place in the AL East with that, so I think restructuring it to kind of expand the divisions into you know four divisions of eight, it makes the it more fair for these teams in the middle that are trying to compete for a wild card spot. It, it spreads the schedule out a bit better, and also it makes for a fun breakdown into the, into the playoffs. You could do it a handful of ways. Maybe the top three teams in each division are locked in with plus one wild card. I mean, you could do it a handful of ways, but Definitely. Travis. Um, I've been talking for too long. Your turn. What do you think about the Central as it stands? Do you support them changing things up, you know, expanding to two more cities? What's your thoughts on all of this stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, first off, the Central has just been atrocious this year. I mean, good for teams like Minnesota. Yep, they have a um, three-game, three games up on, on, you know, uh, two and a half games up on their next opponent or next rival in the tigers. But they are three games above 500, you know, good for the tigers being so close to 500. We all thought they were going to be a last place team this year, or at least a fourth place team. They've really been showing to be pretty strong. I think they swept the Mets, Alex, Uh, if I'm not mistaken, last week. But um, they've been really showing up. You know, Guardians, White Sox have not been showing up. And the Royals, of course, just, I mean, they're down there with the Oakland A's as, you know, one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. Then you swing over to the Central. The Cardinals have just been an embarrassment. I don't really know how to explain what's going on there. Um, Cincinnati has been, you know, pretty meh. You know, I, I won't say I'm not surprised by this, you know, by this record. You know, Chicago Cubs, uh they're just about around 500 that's pretty good to be right now um where they're at I I still don't think the Cubs are going to be this you know great juggernaut that some people really think they could be um but moving on you know Milwaukee Still off to a good start. Pittsburgh off to an out, outstanding start. How long will that luck last, if it will ever die off? You know, I think the the, the Pirates have have faced some adversity the last couple of weeks, and we've seen that with their record. I think they were like twenty and ten, and now they're twenty one and seventeen. So, um, you know, they've been facing some teams above five hundred, some good teams, and it's now really shown um, that you know some of these other teams are are just a, a lot more competitive than the Pirates right now, but um yeah the central is just a giant question mark um i don't know what to say about some of these teams i i just i feel like you know one team from the central american league central one team from the national league central they're they're going to get into the playoffs and then have to face you know a second place juggernaut national league or american league east team and then it's just going to be like you know they, 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 they could definitely still win the central could still win a playoff series just because it's a three game um sample size and anything can course. happen but it just would feel kind of like unfair if like imagine baltimore won like 95 games and then like minnesota's stumbling with like 83 and it's like yeah. all right there you go it's like and then and then minnesota's hosting and having the uh all three wildcard games at their place you know it feel kind of disrespectful but i am i'm totally in In favor of you know getting rid of the central i think the central was added in the mid mid early 90s i believe that's when the central was um was created a lot of these teams were either in the east or the west Um, so I actually am cool with going back to that style I like what you mentioned how you could say three teams from the west three teams from the east are locked in no matter what and then you can kind of get wild cards maybe you can get a fourth and a fifth team in the west or in the east into the playoffs depending on the strengths of both of those divisions but it would really make things uh symmetrical like you mentioned eight and eight and then of course in the national league eight and eight if we did do the expansion I'm so big on the expansion I'd love to see more teams in um in more places you know I, I think Nashville and Charlotte have been rumored to have teams uh possibly on the horizon i know salt lake city's possibly on the horizon uh we're not even talking about the orlando dreamers i mean uh that was thrown out there this week alex i mean i, I tell you what if i you,
0: saw that ballpark did you see that I, rendering oh, I saw the layout yeah it looked yeah. crazy if it, it actually ever happened it, it looked
1: like too good to be true but it was so funny because i i don't know if you guys have, have the listeners if you've at all heard about this proposal or this team but go check out their logo it was like the most disrespectful like it's probably the ugliest logo i'd ever seen in my life it looked like something out of the benchwarmers movie um but i anyways, actually
0: have never seen it so i'm you, you have Chavez, not okay. you're about to get my live reaction it's, it's as it, i search this it's, up it's
1: it's it's pretty atrocious but anyways the you know i don't know if who the owner of it was or who's trying to like head this you know movement to a team in Orlando but basically he thinks you know he wants to have a team in Central Florida which I mean the Rays are kind of like the team that's in Central Florida but they're on the coast I don't know really what you want from there also you have spring training in Florida so it kind of makes it unfair to get three teams in Florida also close to kind of one another and then also you get spring training in florida you know why don't you spread it out go to nashville go to charlotte go to some of these other cities that don't have baseball near them
0: i'll be honest travis maybe we end up with the scenario where um we get this orlando dreamers team maybe tampa bay just like finds a spot where they actually have more fans i'm not sure what the the problem is there or or, you know i don't want to act like they don't have enough fans but you know maybe the stadium needs to relocate the trop has had problems for years um getting you know max attendance but travis yeah this logo looks like some clip art from like powerpoint <laughs> but i will say it looks like it's the owner of um or the guy who founded like the orlando magic, magic yep, M- yep. nba team uh, pat williams i guess but Charles, the stadium is like this huge like glass like it's like a dome over the stadium but then there's like this long tunnel that like is the entryway and there's like grass pavilions and like these huge led screens it, it, it almost looks
1: like a double ray right Interesting. <laughs> Are you saying that the, that, the, that the Rays should just move to Orlando? But- I, I, I'm not saying that. I actually really would like the Rays to stay in Tampa. I, I kind of like that location for them. I like that having, you know, you got the Buccaneers, you have the Lightning, you kind of have this, this uh, you know, sports fan base, right in that Tampa area. And then of course you have the Miami area. Orlando was very, a very weird spot for me to put a team like the magic there. And then also Jacksonville with the Jaguars. I feel like they're just two random cities that have these sports teams, but really nothing else to support it. But, um, I, 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 I guess I would say I would want the Rays to stay in Tampa, but yeah, I, I, I guess having three teams in Florida, I would not be in favor of that. I'd like to have it a little bit more spread out. Um, it, it it would just make I think a little bit things too chaotic and uh and you know but Travis, every, too close together.
0: Travis, you're not factoring in uh, this their website OrlandoDreamers.com where it says Orlando, where anything is possible. So I guess you're right, Travis. Yeah. Anything is possible. And, you know? and
1: dreamers, I don't, I don't, I I don't understand that at all.
0: I never really understood Orlando Magic either. Like yeah. what's what's magic about basketball? Like, yeah, magicians. Know, I guess I guess it's all magic. Magicians
1: but. out there, but I I, I am huge uh I, i'm in definite favor of an expansion i would love to see more teams get more competition to be so fun i mean we haven't really seen that i mean i guess you could say you know with with you know oakland moving to vegas that's kind of like a new change and then also you know we weren't really um wasn't really a baseball fan but you know when montreal made the switch to washington to make the nationals that was kind of like a huge big thing where you're like oh wow you know then you know you get it you get it you don't get a new team but uh, or you don't get a, a, an, a an additional team in the league. You basically have a team moving to another location. But I am in full favor of this expansion. It'd be really fun. Uh, it'd be cool to get a team up in you know, like you mentioned, in that Salt Lake City area. It's it's really funny when you look at Seattle, and then you look at the Bay Area, and then you look at like you know, Southern California. Um, Phoenix and Colorado and then there's just this giant part of the United States that just doesn't really have anything you know it's like the Montana's the Wyoming's the the Idaho's it's like it'd be kind of cool to get a team up there to be kind of rooted in that area I think a lot of those teams do either cheer for the Giants or the Mariners Um, I think also a little bit of the Rockies as well but uh, it's kind of like you have to like pick a side who's closest to you but you don't really have a team that's just rooted up there but it'd be really cool to have one
0: Travis um all that being said let us transition now into another topic kind of uh I guess pressing in the news uh I'm not sure how much coverage it's getting in regards to the um I think some pitchers might blame like a World Baseball Classic, the way it affected the spring training, or maybe it's the pitch clock I think a lot of pitchers might be upset about. But I'm talking about like more pitcher injuries. It seems like this season, Travis, quite a few injuries so far. Um, Most recently, I want to discuss how some pitcher injuries might affect the American League West at the moment. Mainly because two good pitchers on the Houston Astros being Luis Garcia, who needs Tommy John, and Urquidy, who... Um, I'm not sure what his timeline is. I know it's not Tommy John for him, but um, I'm talking about pitcher injuries to guys on key teams that are really going to affect their ability to make a big push, Travis, because the Astros, you and I are both strong believers in their talent, in their ability to figure it out and win games and be a a competitive team uh, all the way through the end of the season. But as it stands, they're still in third place. Um Travis Angel fans have just been complaining all week about how the Angels are terrible and how we need to trade everybody. Meanwhile, we're actually half a, or we're actually a full game ahead of the Ash or half a game ahead of the Astros somehow. Um, Astros are 19 and 18, which um, you know definitely could be much worse, but not the Astros that we expected considering the fact that their pitching is even getting worse now considering these injuries, Travis. I just feel like the West and the American League might be a bit more open than we thought. We all kind of knew, oh, the Angels, the Rangers, and the Mariners, they're all going to try to compete. But right now, Travis, Mariners are just one game below 500. Angels are two games above it. Texas is leading the charge at 22 and 14. I think that'll slip quite a bit. They definitely could still win the division just based on how no one is really taking charge at the moment but them. But give me your thoughts on how those injuries might play a role in how the AL West might shape up. Do you think the Astros' run um, winning this division is going to end this season? And any other thoughts on those injuries just across the league, it
1: seems? This is when you see the Oakland A's rise
0: right now this is their time <laughs> they're gonna seize it from 8 8 and 30 by the way folks Charles, they're at a 21 Money ball part 3 21 percent of their games they've won yeah that is just a miserable it's,
1: it's bad and you look at their run differential it's not helping that at all either um yeah it's it's a strange time in the american league west robbie ray i think he is done for the year um correct you know, looking at the Angels, uh, Degrom injury stints. Yeah, yeah, Looking at the Angels too, Jose uh, Quijada, he is done for the year. Tommy John. Um, I think it's Austin Warren is yeah. done for the year. Tommy John. Um, Austin Warren, I feel like I, I said like this. He's probably had like the worst 15 months you could have as a player last year. If you guys don't know, he took a ball to the face in batting practice he basically was just walking around the outfield in boston i think was, um, was he in the bullpen something happened i don't know but it, 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 somewhere on the field he took a ball to the face um in bp from one of his teammates wasn't just paint, just walking somewhere in the outfield or in the bullpen and just took a ball to the face um so that broke his nose so he of course had to go on the il because he had to of course heal that
0: and then he had to go rehab in the minors like it just took forever
1: yeah. and then he had to rehab in the minors and then this year he didn't really have too many opportunities um i don't even know if he had any um I, I he might have had a couple innings here and there um, it, was, it was a couple innings yeah a couple innings and then is now gonna have to go through some tommy john so of course now you're looking at you know sometime maybe late next season both him and Quijada uh coming back but you know you look at those guys you look at you know luis garcia also going down with tommy john and then you look at the rangers you know the gram right now i think they stated we're looking at two to three more weeks. He will not be pitching to reduce that sh- that elbow inflammation or shoulder inflammation. But yeah, it's a crazy time right now for the West. I feel like every team is uh, battling the same injury, and uh, pitching is just going to be so crucial down the down the end or uh, towards the you know dog days of summer. And then towards you get towards the end of the season. Uh, one thing I do like with the Angels is that you know it's still. Still have a lot of guys they can turn to, you know, right now we have not had the best starts from guys like Tyler Anderson or Reed Detmers. Um, um and also, uh, Patrick Sandoval has been a little bit, you know, banged up here or there, but they are still healthy. They're still continuing to push through. So I do like that with some of these other teams. I, I don't know what's going on. What's going on with Lance McCullers Jr. I have not even, I don't think he's pitched an inning this year.
0: No, he's not Travis. He is still on my fantasy team okay. sitting okay. on the IL. I assure you he's not pitched yet this season. I don't know <laughs> what the timetable is. I, I did, I did check the other day on fantasy and I clicked a little icon that tells you like an update and I think he has, been throwing okay but he's not been pitching okay uh, quite yet
1: he was one guy i circled as well because i mean he's always a strong candidate to have like a big jump um you know cy young surprise kind of season but yeah the, the west will have to you know either look into the trade market start looking towards other teams and other divisions for help with pitching um or it'll have to come from you know some of your internal minor league players that can hopefully make a big jump in the next couple months or weeks and then hopefully make their way up to the major league level but yeah it, it is a it is a crazy time you know i know the east is also dealing with some injuries i know uh carlos Rodon has not made a start yet he is on my fantasy team and he's been sitting on the il for the past six weeks which is of course very disappointing with what he brings to the table um you look at the tampa bay rays even though they're incredible um i think you mentioned before we started alex glass now he possibly got re-injured during his rehab start in triple a or in the minors. And, right. and, he, and again, we, we keep talking about glass now how much talent he has, but it's just so sad that, that with the injuries um, occurring every single year, we're not able to see, or he's not able to showcase this talent, uh, which is very disappointing, but yeah, it, it is a weird time for, um for, for a lot of these starting pitchers. I mean, also pointing out as well, Jeffrey Springs, he was off to an incredible start to the season for the rays, and he now has to go through Tommy John. So, uh, Tommy John's been uh, been lurking around for a lot of these starting pitchers for the first month and a half of the season. So, uh, but pointing out to the AL West, Alex, it will. It, I, I think it's it's going to be big for these teams to either get aggressive in the trade market or they're going to have to, of course, bring up uh, some of these minor league players to help contribute. But it is what it is. It, it's it, that's why 162 games is such a unique mark to accomplish and get into the playoffs because it really is a, uh, a marathon.
0: Um, looking ahead, Travis, I do think that, um, you know, my conclusion at least is that the AL West is pretty wide open. I feel like the angels, Travis, the Mariners, I think a week ago we were kind of writing them off. They're just like a game below 500. And if Texas has some slippage, like I think they're just as much in the running as, as the angels, as the Astros, it feels like, you know, there's still four teams that could come out on top there. Um, in my opinion, at least. Travis I uh didn't mention this in the centrals uh central conversation so I'll mention it right now. Um I wanted to briefly touch base on a little side topic about the Cardinals. Travis obviously a disappointing season thus far. They've had an interesting development with their catcher Travis Wilson Contreras. Obviously was a big name uh, as a free agent last uh, last offseason, the best a free agent catcher for sure was one of the best offensive catchers um last season it seemed like he was an all-star last season um you know last season's numbers are uh, a bit better than this season but it's not like a an insane insane jump but last season it was a 128 OPS plus um the batting average 243 on base 349 slugging 466 last year so this year he's actually uh, better in the batting average about the same in the on base and has had a Bit of a decline in the slugging, but overall, um, he has still been an above average hitter as a catcher, which I feel like is what you want out of your catcher to be an above average hitter. Um, That being said, Travis, uh, the offense is not the reason for this news. Uh, The news is this. Uh, Manager Ali Marmal of the Cardinals has said that he wants to see improvements from Wilson Contreras um, in order for him to trust him as the everyday catcher. He says that, um, uh, so I'll just read the quote um, about him on Contreras. He says, I wouldn't say pregame prep as much. That would be a simplification of it. There's real work to be done. The way I would describe it is truly understanding our internal system of executing the game plan for each individual pitcher. The reality is it's more than he's ever had to do. Nothing against the way he's done it, but it's very different and it's a lot of work. So it sounds like the Cardinals, Travis, as an organization, have always placed an emphasis on their catchers being involved in the game planning, the execution of that game plan, knowing how the pitchers are going to prepare for the hitters. It seems like the Cardinals have something... Um, in the way that they they structure that pitcher-catcher relationship with also the game calling, probably the coaching involved as well. It seems like Contreras is not able to pick up on that in the preseason and in the early part of this season, so much so they don't really trust him to catch right now. And that's just a really shocking development considering this, Travis. They agreed to a five-year, almost $90 million contract with him Just this last offseason, he signed through 2027 and he is currently 30 years old. So I don't know if his best days are ahead of him defensively, um, but they still expect more in terms of the game planning. Um, It just seems like a really shocking development that I think should be getting talked about quite a bit, considering this was their big addition, right? Their Cardinals are a competitor last season in every sense of the word they only made one real big addition in my mind going into this season. It was adding Wilson Contreras, a catcher to replace Yadier Molina and they don't even trust him to play the position. So <laughs> yeah, Travis, give me your thoughts on the situation. Um, it's just kind of a, another, uh, another kind of, uh, dagger to the heart of a Cardinals fan. Like mm-hmm. this is the guy, this this was going to be our one bright spot this season as everything else falls apart. No, he's actually not going to be catching for us at the moment until he figures out the game planning, but,
1: but give me your thoughts. Yeah. It's a head scratcher. Um, you know you you see two decades almost two and a half decades of Yadier Molina and you know that's just excellence behind home plate with the defense and then you get Wilson Contreras who you think is just going to be kind of like a a second coming of, of Yadier with with defense probably a better bat um, you're excited about it, and then you know now you're looking at now you're looking at uh, who is it a- Andrew Kisner <laughs> yeah exactly it's it just it's just backups backups now getting the start at the catching spot and now wilson is going to be looked at as a dh which is is really a bad move considering that the cardinals have so many utility players that could be a dh any given night and, and it's like and wilson like, needs to be the catcher
0: and they have they have guys rotting in the minors like uh Yepes yeah. and walker who these guys could be DHs. Like these Definitely. guys need to see MLB pitching, but meanwhile, you have a guy who's supposed to be your most viable defensive player in your catcher. You have him playing DH with a league average bat. It,
1: it, it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, it, it is... It, it is a tough situation right now in St. Louis, and one thing I don't get is, you know, they talk about their philosophy, like you mentioned with their pitchers. I mean, these pitchers are the are probably the worst starting staff in the Central, if not in baseball. I mean, Alex, you look at these ERAs; nobody has an ERA under four. It, it is atrocious. I, I, right I, now.
0: I wonder how much the Cardinals, like coaching staff and like development staff, front office, are blaming Contreras for like these pitching performances. But I wouldn't be; I would be blaming the team for not we Contreras. We said it. All offseason, they need some yeah, elite pitchers. Maybe they were hoping a more elite catcher, like you know, I I I I've always bashed Yachty because I think he's overrated as a hitter. Um, but he obviously was a great defensive catcher. I wonder if Yachty just did so much in terms of like the game planning and the game calling that just this switch for these pitching staff has just been like a disaster they're, for them. They're, I guess. they're just
1: getting exposed now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe we look at Yachty a little bit differently now, but um, no, I, I, again, I, I, I get that, you know, certain teams or, you know, organizations, they want to have this philosophy and it's like, you know, if you're not able to pick it up, then I guess we really can't, you know, play you at that spot. But I, again, I just think it's a, I think it's really early in the season to be making this drastic of a move and say, all right, Wilson, you're going to be just the DH now. I mean, Wilson Contreras was a DH, Alex, you'd be paying this guy like $5 million a season, not what he's getting now, like $20 million a season or so. It doesn't make any sense at all. And if I was a Cardinals fan, I would be uh, looking at that as, you know, why did we give this guy this much money? And we just are now abandoning this whole, you know, catcher position opportunity for Wilson let him go out there and catch, I don't see him, you know, whiffing on fastballs or not being able to block some of these off speed pitches. If it's, if it's just like the philosophy of the team, then I, I mean, we, then we need to take a look at that. And, and, you know, I I guess keep writing him out because we can't, we can't, you're, you're almost benching this guy uh, and you're paying him so much money. And, and a lot of, a lot of these teams just can't afford to bench stars like this that are getting paid so much money. Uh, it just hurts. I think it hurts everybody in the organization, but it, it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and again, I, uh, we were not big on the starting staff going into the season. It was definitely a head scratcher. I thought that the offense would still carry the load. I thought that, you know, guys like Montgomery, Mikulo, um Michaelis and uh matt's could you know probably have eras under like a four or five and still be somewhat competitive and the bullpen could be somewhat good i do like ryan Helsley, and he is having a decent year with a three point the bullpen 14. has some
0: play some real players it does
1: uh genesis cabrera jordan hicks's era is atrocious but he has insane you know velocity on his fastball. Uh Gallegos has been bad of late but so far this year, you know, an ERA at 2.63. So I thought the bullpen was just going to be very good, the staff was just going to be very uh meh and the hitting would just be excellent with all these great utility guys and that that would still, you know, translate into a team that would be, you know, probably somewhere around 90 92 wins. Um definitely one of the weaker division winners of the uh national league but i still thought they could still make you know a competitive run to being the division winner in that in in the nl central but again i i with going back to this wilson Contreras thing it's it's i just don't know what to make of it because you're, you're only 40 games in and you're just now saying that's it like we're not there there's no foreseeable uh time where we can uh make the, a, a you know a confident uh you know, post or saying that Wilson Contreras will go back to the catching position. So it, it, it again, I, I don't get it.
0: Travis, if you want one more just sign of how bad things are in St. Louis at the moment, I mean, first of all, I feel a little bit bad because we've been bashing every episode. I feel like because things, <laughs> yes. things, things just aren't
1: turning <laughs> around. That's like, are you gonna pick it up and we're gonna have a good episode? Yeah,
0: we're waiting for the turnaround. It has not happened, but here, here's, a, here's a pretty bad sign. Their, their third highest baseball reference WAR of the team this season. Is Paul DeYoung, who has played 13 games and has under 50 played appearances. How is he their third best war? He got called up like two weeks
1: ago. He got called up, and I think he had like (laughs) three home runs in a series. Yeah.
0: And then, and then, but yeah, I mean, his batting numbers are really crazy right now, his offense, but he's not going to keep that up. Obviously, it's just
1: he's just swinging the bat well. Um, I mean, last year we were seeing a complete juggernaut offense. I mean, Goldschmidt was the MVP. Donovan had a really nice bat. Edmund had, I think you were mentioning last year, you know, Edmund had some exit velos that were like, you know, it, it, it was the, better the than 90th percentile of the be, league better than you'd expect for a, a guy yeah. who you think would be a slap it, hitter it, arenado had a, a a career season um you know and then you look at guys like nolan gorman his exit velo was out of this world it still is to this day he's still having a great season lars new as well you know tyler o'neill had a little bit of a down year but we saw him in i think 2021 the second half he had an insane second half um, you were just so confident on all. the Even if four of these guys were atrocious, you had so many backups that could go in there and fill the spot, and they'd still be an excellent team. Right now, it's just Paul Goldschmidt and somewhat of. You know, I would say it is Paul Goldschmidt, and then of course Gorman and Newt Bar are fulfilling um, their end of the bargain as well as De Young. But it, it just it's it's crazy how so many players have just kind of fallen off. Also, including Arenado, I, I just don't understand what his approach at the plate is right now a 233 batting average Alex a slug at a 336 I mean it's that that should be his on base at least and it's and it's not and and, you know the OPS down at 620 it's 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 bad I think when they played the Angels um they had Arenado DHing and I was I just thought to myself that is that is probably the worst thing you could do like he is known for his glove he needs to start at third and then he's batting so poorly like he must be the worst DH out there right now but um, I, 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 will say, I, I think if Marmol does not get this team, you know, back on track, I, I think you'd be looking at a new manager in a month. I, I, I honestly am very confident in that because I think that they're not playing around. They know that they you know, the two games in the playoffs last year were extremely disappointing. And I just don't think this guy is, is, you know, fulfilling everything right now. They still have a 36.9% chance to make the playoffs. I think that's still pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me. I, your your comments on Marmol, I think, are justified. I'm not sure how much of this is on him, just because so many players are underperforming. But you're but yeah. you're but you're right that there's definitely a lack of cohesion with the team and the lack of success that we're seeing to start the season um, from a young coach who obviously this is a kind of his opportunity and it's just going so poorly. I, I should also um, say uh,
1: John Mosellock is also uh, he's also he's his. Uh, You know, his fingerprints are on this team as well because he did not do a good job this offseason. I mean, going out there and getting this catcher when you know Kisner probably could have fulfilled the spot, you know, it would have been pretty, you know, low production at the catcher, but you could have used that money towards starting pitching. You'd be probably looking at a different team by now.
0: Yeah, I thought they made so much sense for like Rodon, uh, amongst many others. I'm not going to go through the list of of free agents last season, but uh, yeah, I think that we're in agreement here. A lot of disappointment. Cardinals fans we will spare you now and keep it rolling. <laughs> um you your, your names may come come up in this next segment. I'm not sure but Travis, you and I have prepared a little fun segment where we are going to talk about players who we think our teams and players that we think might be open to some trades, right? So obviously this is much we're we're, we're still, you know, quite a ways away from our trade deadline. But we want to kind of have our our way too early predictions, our way too early thoughts on which teams and players we could see um, doing some trades. Uh, I think there are obviously like our early candidates, right? Teams that are struggling yep. that might want to sell some of their expiring contracts, maybe some really good teams that – have a very clear weakness and they're gonna be trading for a certain type of player. So um, we I have a few teams names written down we can discuss. Um, I think you have a couple things written down as well. So yep. um, I'll let you start. And we'll just kind of go back and forth talking about some ideas that we have as um, either a good fit player and team or just a player you think is going to get sold. Go ahead and give me some thoughts.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we'll have some 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 similar guys as well. Because Maybe. I think, yeah. there, I think there are some guys that are just it, it's almost too good. Like the team needs to get rid of them, get rid of them in the next couple of weeks because they're just at, they're performing at such a high level. And we just don't think the team might be, um, you know, that Com- good. To competitive. Compete. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I will start with, I've mentioned his name before on this podcast this season, but one name is Aroldis Chapman. Um, We know for a fact the Royals are not going to be a playoff team right now. Um, They are not playing playoff baseball. We expected that. Um, It was a very smart signing by them this offseason to sign Chapman to a one-year, about $4 million to the contract. Um, they knew they were not probably going to be competitive this year. They thought, hey, if we can get Chapman back to old form, he will be a great trade piece come you know, May, June, July before the trade deadline. Right now, Chapman at a 2.84 ERA on the season. Strikeouts are way up. I think he's averaging about a 14.2 uh, strikeouts per nine. So um he is doing very well in uh striking out his opponents almost two every inning. So these are just leading signs that I think that Chapman is a guy that has definitely kind of taken the time to really find himself, go back to what made him successful, and he's doing it in Kansas City. And I think that he would be a great addition for a lot of teams. You see a lot of bullpen guys get moved in the um, towards the trade deadline. That's what that's where really where a lot of teams need strengthening. Um, the bullpen is one of the big pieces if you want to win a World Series. But Chapman is one guy I wanted to circle. Another guy that plays on the Royals, Alex, that right now, I mean, the stock is 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 really high. He he's he's had himself a very surprising, very um, good start, uh, and he's a big utility guy. That's Matt Duffy. I want to oh, point out. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it, it, it is it is very eye opening because he, of course, is also on a one year deal one uh one point five million dollars this season. But a guy that plays third base, second base, shortstop, first base, maybe even can plug him into some corner outfield spots. But right now he's batting three forty. Um, he's got an OPS plus at one thirty three. Um, Alex, we've seen him. We 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 did not see this Matt Duffy last year with the Angels. I think he could barely hit the ball to the wall last year his, his his power was just so bad still not the best power again this year but we go back to the series where they played the angels and again i, I feel like I'm, I'm using the eye tester I'm, I'm i'm using everything that i've seen from watching him play i haven't really seen a lot of his games i just see the games where he plays against the angels but he had some exit velos alex that were like over 105 like he was making some great contact with the ball it seemed like he was comfortable at the plate he's off to a very good start again i just feel like the royals would be dumb not to move this guy right now and get him to a team that might need some depth at an infield spot that could really use him uh he has three doubles on the year and one home run so just really right now just a big contact bat Um, and who knows a team really can could really use that I, I think there are a number of teams that could probably use a big contact bat but he is another guy I wanted to also circle um moving on to uh another guy who plays outfield and also first base um he's on the giants this is uh, a lamonte wade jr um right now he's he's on a cheap one year 1.38 million dollar deal uh 1.6 war on the season right now batting 260 but he's got an ops at a 968 alex playing at oracle he had ops plus of 167 good left hitting bat a left hitting bat and i i just feel like the giants again they're a team i'm not really high on to make a postseason push this year i don't know what they're it was such a confusing offseason they missed on judge they missed on correa i don't really know what they're where they're trying to go right now because i just feel like they have a lot of old guys and they also have some guys that are kind of upcoming and young so i feel like getting more young guys. Um, is is possibly a good move. I know Lamonte right now is is gonna be 30 years old, but I just see this production and I feel like, man, they could really probably use some some good pieces moving forward. But I don't know how much they'd get from him because, you know, historically we we have not seen, you know, Lamonte Wade be an outstanding baseball player. So um it's right now you're just basically taking the um the the high stock and hopefully getting some return with that but he's a guy i just circled because of the production right now I, I i'm impressed playing first base and outfield i think a lot of teams could use that versatility um and you know again it could be a good left hitting bat for a lot of teams maybe like a yankee squad that might need an outfielder um you know Aaron Hicks is not cutting it. Uh, he has not been good. You know, maybe the Yankees could try and flip him for somebody um, or try to a, a, a acquire a guy like Wade and put him in their lineup uh, at, at that short porch in left field or in right field. And, you know, who knows, maybe this guy can go off, but um, those are three guys I wanted to circle. Alex, I, if you want, I can keep on giving a couple I'll, more.
0: I'll, 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 re- I'll respond to okay, those go, give go, some go. on my own and then we can go back and forth a bit. Um, so, the guys in Kansas City you mentioned uh I like the thoughts there I also had Chapman written down I yep. think he's a good he's, I think he's almost like a a too easy of a like yeah. If you do not trade him, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, 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 absolutely, you should be flipping him for whatever prospect you can possibly get your hands on. Teams are going to need bullpen at the deadline. That's the way it goes every year. Some teams are going to have um, injuries in the pen. They're going to want a lefty that throws gas. Why not uh, try Chapman out? Um, it'd be so funny if he ended up on the Yankees again. I do not think that's uh, in the realm of possibility.
1: There's probably a bad relationship he would, there. He would. I, I almost can guarantee he'd go back right to sucking again. I, I don't know. I, I, I could
0: see that maybe. That's the, the lights get too bright, you know. He right. a, he'll
1: have to shave that beard
0: that's working out for him, but he'll have a uh, nice time in, uh, in Tampa, though. You know, <laughs> hey, I, I, they already got Deekman, who's probably gonna become some sort of lockdown closer again. But, uh, Travis, if I keep it rolling here, oh, yeah, so on the Duffy point, um, I would not be a buyer on Duffy in my opinion, but I do agree that there could be teams t- uh, targeting him. I remember like when the Angels uh, had Jose Iglesias. He was a bat that I wasn't really impressed with on our team. We traded him to... Oh, no, actually, we just cut him. And it was picked up by the uh, Red Sox. And he yeah. actually had a productive like August with them. So I do think it's quite possible for Duffy to you know just a contact infielder um definitely will have some value on the market if his batting average does stay high um the on base also is quite high at the moment i, I think there's a lot of um, luck with balls and play going on but overall a good contact hitter at the very least if you can keep the average you know above 300 by the deadline he could be dealt as well um And then I agree about the Giants being sellers at the deadline. I could see them making a lot of fun moves. I wrote down a couple other guys on the Giants. I didn't have Wade down. I think it's a really fun idea for a team like the Yankees. Um, Another duo, I actually wrote down two other guys from the Giants. I wrote down Jock Peterson Cause I think he's just on this one year deal. Right. Mm-hmm. So he is someone who he's not hitting the ball incredibly well. He is an above average hitter at the moment, but I just feel like all he needs is like one hot, like half month. And all of a sudden like, Oh, everyone's going to want Jock Peterson for their playoff push. If he just has like a good, you know, he needs a good, like early, you, you,
1: you need him for your playoff push, yeah. a, a good
0: early July. He hits like 500 runs in a week. And all of a sudden, Hey, I need Jock on my team. I need the lefty outfielder. Maybe a team does has no lefty outfielders. Um, And then I also wrote down Alex Cobb, Travis. I think he is possibly the most underrated pitcher in baseball. It might sound like a crazy exaggeration. He's actually uh, pitching quite well at the moment. Let me double check. He was pitching well for me in fantasy against the Marlins at the moment. He has gone six and two-thirds innings, no earned runs. Um, got the quality start there. But Travis, I do think that uh, Cobb is criminally underrated. He, um, a lot of advanced stats like what he's doing. Um, he had a, a pretty good season with the Angels um, not too long back. And ever since he got to the Giants, they definitely have honed in on what he is good at. He has excelled with them. Um, the ERA was had questionable at the start of last season, but there was a lot of uh, bad luck in there. I think a lot of smart teams could target Cobb at the deadline. Um, I had his contract up here and I I took it away in in favor of something else but I do think that there's either either he's an expiring it looks like he is
1: two years 20 mil he's a free agent after the season so yeah he's making like 10 mil this year
0: and and here it says I think a 2024 team option so maybe a team wants to like you know give up a prospect but have like a pitcher that can really be like if we're a good rotation he could be like our 3-4 guy and it's a good spot to be so Travis I wrote down two fun teams for Peterson and Cobb I could see like even like a joint trade going down, I could see the Dodgers bringing those two in because mm-hmm. they obviously have the Jock Peterson connection. Um, I think that they're really good with, you know, talented pitchers like Alex Cobb um, and bringing those types in. So if the Dodgers end up, you know, maybe it's, let's say they're tied with the Padres um, in 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 record sometime at the, near the deadline, I could see them saying, you know, we want to still control this division going into the next season, going into the offseason. We don't want to... Um, be like a second fiddle team. We want to be able to attract free agents and say, yeah, come to the division winner Dodgers instead of the little brother Dodgers who got wild card spots. So I do think that they're going to want to make a push at some point if they're in that mix. Um, the only problem there is I'm not sure Giants trade in the division like that, but if they get a good enough prospect for it, then maybe that could happen. Other team I wrote down is the Yankees. Travis, like you mentioned, they could use the pitching. Uh, starting pitching uh, because of their injuries, they could also use um, perhaps a lefty outfield bat. I think Jock would also do well with a short porch, just like you said about uh, Lamont Wade. But Travis, I will keep it rolling to another one, um, and then I'll go back to you. But one thought, Travis, this is actually quite aggressive in my opinion. This is kind of one of my boldest ones I had written down. I think Paul Goldschmidt is a candidate here, and the Cardinals dealing uh, an MVP like that, Um, A team like the Cardinals, who are kind of known for being able to attract big names. They've had a lot of big-name players throughout their uh, history as a, you know, world-class organization. They're just playing so bad right now, and Goldschmidt is still crushing the ball. Um, Not an MVP quite like last season, but honestly, like, not far off by any means from what he was doing last year. He actually... NL leading 14 doubles so far. Seven homers is a great number to be at. Batting over 300. On base, uh, 389. A good slugging still. So he's really still swinging the bat incredibly well. Um, look at his career numbers, really. Even ever since he left Arizona, still really good. But Travis, here's the reasoning I think they could deal him. Um, he will be a free agent in two more years, I believe. He signed through 2024. Um, so yeah, it'd be... a If he got traded at the deadline, Travis, it'd be like a year and a half rental. And I'm not sure. Maybe the Cardinals feel like they can really retool for next season. They want to keep him. But then at that point, you risk letting him walk for nothing. And I feel like they could really get a really strong return for him. He's also uh, 35, will be 36 in September. So if you wait till next year, he's 37, expiring contract. I feel like you'd get much more for him right now. And also... They have depth, right? They could easily try Yipes at first base for a while, see if he could stick there. Maybe Contreras could be a first baseman. You know, I think that they have options that could replace Goldschmidt um, in terms of the long term. And also, the biggest reason, Travis, I could just see a team who needs an offensive punch at first base overpaying for a guy like this at the deadline
1: if they want to be a contender. Why, why, why do the Padres just... Just, you could see that? Why, why, why do they just smell that right now? You, I, just I, smell, you smell Goldschmidt I, I, on there. I, I, I'm looking at their team right now, and, you know, Cronenworth's doing a good job. He is a, you know, good, reliable bat, good utility guy, but he is the, playing their first base spot for majority of the games. And, um, you know— Imagine moving
0: Cronenworth to, like, a full-time utility yeah, spot, yeah, lefty yeah. pinch hitter, and then you have Goldschmidt, <laughs> your everyday just lefty masher. What,
1: what, what, wouldn't you love to just see, like, a Tatis, Bogarts, Goldschmidt, Machado, Soto— nelson crew (laughs) what is going on yeah it's it's too
0: good and then travis i actually wrote down a different team i wrote down two teams here i wrote down the twins because i think they're a bit shallow at first base i'm not sure that they would deal big prospects to make a big push maybe they will but i feel like they're i feel like there's a chance that they win the division by a bit of a gap so they might not need to make this kind of big move but whichever is one team who i think i'm not super high on them as a team But if they are in the mix at the deadline, I think that they will be buyers. And that's the Red Sox. I'm not big on their chance to, you know, make a big run here. I think that they should have done more in the offseason to improve the team. That being said, at the moment, they are playing pretty good baseball. And I am not in love with their first base situation at the moment. Mm -hmm. I do think that, um, you know, Casas is someone who uh, has gotten a lot of those – I lost where I was. But Casas uh, is someone who uh, they want to get reps. They want him to succeed and be their long-term first baseman. But uh, I think his, career, his his season numbers right now aren't amazing. He had a big home run just the other night um, in Atlanta, I believe. But uh, despite that, Travis, if he ends up kind of struggling uh, in the next couple months, maybe they say, you know, what, let's just go get Goldschmidt to reinforce the middle of our lineup. We let Bogarts and... Um, of course, JD Martinez walk. We want to get one of those righty bats back in the mix to protect um, Devers, of course, and Travis. I just think how many doubles could Goldschmidt hit in a season, just blasting it off uh, the Green Monster. We talk about it all yeah. the time with like uh, righty bats um, that are just love hitting it in the gaps. But um, I think he could be a menace in that ballpark. Um, any thoughts on on a Goldschmidt Boston? Is it's, that is that a nice one? Is yeah. that is that
1: fun? It's it's fun, yeah. Because I mean, you you you're right with. It's what's funny is the team before the season we thought, you know, they they're just gonna be a, a four or five, you know, not really competitive. And and again and they still could be. They still could be. And the Red Sox are always like this. You know, last year we saw them in I think it was like late May, early June. They were they were on an outrageous like winning streak. Um or not a winning streak, but just a a um just a really good uh funk if you'd say that that uh that they were just winning a lot of ball games and winning majority of their series they're playing um and right now um they are on the same path they they right now have hit a very good spurt um they are that right now 22 and 16 i i can what's sad is their third place in the east which i mean again that that division is just so tough right now that they are still playing great baseball and they're still looking at a third place spot but I, i i think you're 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 correct on that Aspect of, of Goldschmidt possibly leaving the Red the, the Cardinals and uh finding him way to Boston. It'd be it'd be a fun bet if you can bet on something like that, because you you know the odds are not good on him leaving St. Louis. Like the, the Cardinals are probably not abandoning everything and saying we're done with Goldschmidt. And then also seeing that the Red Sox are still gonna be competitive in late July, um, that still feels like a little bit of a toss-up. A, a toss-up toss as well. So you're kind of looking at both those and you're like, yeah, that, that doesn't sound like it's gonna be a huge Um, the the odds are in my favor but like you mentioned if if they are competitive you you will think that maybe this front office says you know the fans have stuck around they've been good to us and we really did not you know we did not show them a good off season this this past year with you know letting uh, Bogarts leave and Martinez leave. Let's go out there and get a guy like Paul Goldschmidt. Let's have a a great corner infield with Devers and Goldschmidt, and then also with the production that uh, Yoshida has been providing. Uh, Jaron Duran, Verdugo, uh, all those guys just having uh, good starts to the season. That and, could be and, a fun kind of uh, a Red Sox team, right there.
0: And you just mentioned like three of their hot hitters, and they're all lefties, right? And even yep. even Tristan Casas is a lefty. Um, I think he's a straight up lefty, not a switch, but he. Um, Casas, Travis, I mean, so the Goldschmidt, like you said, it feels unlikely. But that being said, I do think that given his age, given the Cardinals current performance, given the fact he only has a year and a half left on the deal or a year. And then this season, I should say no, it's not a half yet, but at the deadline, it'll be a year and a half left. Um, and then the fit just being, you know, Casas is, I think Casas will be great in the future, but at the moment, this season, maybe next season, maybe it won't be good enough. He's a 665 OPS at the moment. Still a young guy, has plenty of time. He's striking out a ton, though, but walking a good amount as well. But either way, lots of lefty bats that you mentioned, like Yoshida, like Jaron Duran is lefty, I believe. And so it, it just, it just lots of guys. Who um, might need the support of yep. a right-handed bat like Goldschmidt? But Travis, I will throw it back to you. I have a couple extra names written down as well, but I will throw it to you. Um, round off any other thoughts you might have. Yeah,
1: and and again, I I mentioned this I think a couple of weeks ago, and I probably was talking about this when we were doing our previews. But you know, again, I I, I like what the Pittsburgh Pirates are doing right now. It, it's it's fun. It, it's great to see. In two months, where do I see them? Probably, you know, middle of the pack, if not, you know, rounding out that four or five. I, I probably well, I won't. I, I'll probably say this: it probably won't be last place. But you know, looking at a third, fourth place team in the central, I can see the Brewers, you know, catching up to them. I think maybe see the Cubs, um, you know, surpassing them as well. But you know, looking at guys that are having good years and you know, probably aren't going to be expected to be on this team for the next coming seasons. You know, guys like Andrew McCutcheon, uh, he's got a 134 OPS plus he's off to a very good start guys like old man Rich Hill I mean he's not having a great great season but a 4.35 he's going deep into ball games already has 41 innings pitched I just think that a lot of teams could use this 4-5 guy in the back of the rotation just to be a consistent starter that can go out there and pitch you know six maybe even seven innings every single night I don't think they'd be getting too much for some of these guys, but I also think that the pirates need to be looking at the future. And if they are not competitive, then they need to be looking at guys like these to, to move on. Now I don't see them moving McCutcheon because I think this is McCutcheon's last year, if I'm not mistaken. I I don't know if he's come out and said it, but I,
0: I don't know if he said that either I'd have to look into I, it more maybe
1: maybe, he, maybe, maybe maybe I'm just thinking it because right. he wanted to end his career as a pirate which if that's true then I'm sure they probably wouldn't trade him because it'd be pretty ruthless to be like sorry Andrew like you're not gonna be playing your last game as a pirate you're gonna be going to uh you know you're gonna be on the Yankees or something like that but um there are guys I look on their team that could be I think great contributors on other other their ball, ball clubs and and I, I almost am, I'm looking at some of these teams that I just I, I I urge them to keep on getting some of these prospects later on the season from some of these teams that are so desperate that need you know might need a DH or an outfield like McCutcheon maybe they'll need a starting pitcher like Rich Hill um, but I that, that was kind of how I wanted to round things out I, I just look at the Pirates and they have so many guys that are um, you know have contracts expiring or just guys that are going in age and we all know the Pirates are a team that is you know. I think very big on the future. They should at least be very big on the future, and I think that adding to those, uh, adding to that prospect line is just so important. Where you can get some of these guys out of here, and of course return with some uh, some high level minor league prospects. But that's kind of how I wanted to round things out with that, Alex. What about you? Where where, where do you see um, if you see any of these other players in in the league going?
0: Yeah, one extra. I, I got two extra actually. Teams that might be selling here. White Sox have to be mentioned as a team that could sell just because of how poorly the season is going. Um, I'm not 100% confident that uh, they're going to tear it all down. I don't know how much they'll tear down. They're in a really weird spot. I don't know what to make of everything that's going on with them. But that being said... Uh, I'm not sure exactly who will be their better pitchers at the deadline, but I could see them unloading some of their pitchers. I think Cease won't be touched because he feels like someone who could be good for quite a while might have some sort of a future with them. Travis Lucas Giolito, on the other hand, uh, I'm not sure how good he'll be pitching at the deadline, like I said, but at the moment, pitching uh, pretty good a 359 ERA, a 379 FIP. So nothing elite, but a 125 ERA plus. So he's definitely an above average pitcher. Uh, Finding his groove again after struggling for a bit in the last couple seasons. the big thing about him is I believe he's going to be a free agent in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So this is something that makes them more likely to trade him in my mind. Um, I don't know why they would extend him. And he actually is a bit older than I would think. He's uh, going to be 29 by the deadline, um, around the time of the deadline at least, in in, in, in mid-July it looks like. So he'll be at 29 at the deadline. Um, I am personally thinking that um, that they would not really extend him. Therefore, I could see a lot of teams trying to go out there and get an arm like Giolito and seeing if, you know, he clicks in a new ballpark, clicks with the new team, maybe a team with better run support. Um, I could see him doing well in a playoff. So uh, I think a team that might need starting pitching could target uh, some White Sox arms. I could also potentially see Lance Lynn. I'm not 100% sure, like Giolito, how well he'll be pitching when the All-Star or sorry, when the trade deadline comes around. Right now, his ERA is not good, um, but I still believe in his stuff overall. A bad fit too, but I just feel like he's someone who could get moved. I just don't really see his future in Chicago. That's that's really where this one comes from. I don't really see what they would try to do with him going forward. It looks like he's going to be a free agent with a team option next year I don't know what that team option dollar amount is I can see a team definitely declining that potentially if his performance doesn't turn around but he's someone who I think potentially has a bounce back in him I mean just last season it was a 399 ERA year before it was a 269 ERA Um, limited starts in each season but I do think that there's a world where he turns things around a bit Um, and if he does then I could see him being moved at the deadline. But a team I wrote down that could need pitching, a starting pitching is the Yankees. Um, and then I also had down uh, maybe the Astros. Maybe Giolito to the Astros could be something that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, because they have these starting pitcher injuries. And also Boston, I think, is a team that if they're gonna be aggressive at the deadline, not sure if they will, but if they do, I could see starting pitching being a point of emphasis, just given the lack, I think, of like top level arms that they might want in a playoff series if they end up thinking they're going to be in that type of race
1: i, I will point out too I, I don't know if you if you were probably going to mention it but um anything on on liam hendricks um he's back right he he should be coming back but i was going to mention um i think the white Sox right now are praying to god that liam hendricks can come back and be effective so they can move him um the, the contract is you know as we know is one of the biggest. When you give, uh, you know, a closer, uh, you know, close to $20 million a season, um, he is a free agent after this year. And so I think that the White Sox need to be looking at Hend- Hend- Hendricks g- give us two very quality months. And then we are going to move you to a playoff team and give you that opportunity to go play playoff baseball. Sure. Hopefully get something in return. Like I mentioned, I just feel like bullpen guys are just so um so vital down the stretch and towards uh july august that that a lot of teams are looking at guys like hendricks um and even guys like i mentioned on chapman that you know we need guys like this that can lock down the game uh that's where we're struggling this year we need guys to come in and you know finish the job and close it out but he is one guy i wanted to point out as well he should be coming back it's awesome that he was able to you know uh or, you know, be cancer. cancer and, and, and come back in such a, in such a fast way. And such I mean, we all thought that it was probably likely he won't be pitching this season. It looks like he'll be coming back, probably be pitching in June. Um, that, that that's really cool. But I think with the white Sox. uh, Looking at the business side of things, I think they're hoping that Liam Hendricks can come back, be very effective, then move this guy and get some prospects for something like that.
0: That's a really good uh, thought. I do think that there obviously will be a market for him if he does seem like he comes out of the gate hot. He's a high energy guy who, even though he's had ups and downs in the playoffs, I do think that there's just so much value in at least in the minds of like a competing team with a weak bullpen to add an arm to kind of uh, add to the back of the of the bullpen. Um, like Hendricks, could be huge for sure. Last guy I wrote down from another team that right now is playing well, but I could see them being sellers at the deadline in case um, things just don't quite go their way. I'm going to talk about Christian Walker. Um, Part of that thought comes from the fact that the Diamondbacks, I think, really need to be focused on the future. Um, I thought he was a bit younger than he actually is, Travis, but he had two years in Baltimore, actually, and then like, he's been in Arizona for seven years now, and he actually didn't play at all in, in uh, 2016, but he's been around for actually long longer than I thought. He is 32 years old, and he uh, he's just—wait, it looks like a free agent after next season— So I think it'd be a a year and a half rental at the deadline if he got traded at the deadline. So it's almost a similar uh, situation to Goldschmidt, like a year and a half rental for a first baseman that hits for power. He's been a really solid bat um, the last two seasons, really. Last season in 804 OPS, this season in 846 OPS. Um, there's a lot of strikeout to his game, but I think that overall he can, right now he's actually bringing a good average and, but he just brings tons of pop Travis to the plate. And I do think that he could be a valuable add to a team. That might need a first baseman, a righty bat, whatever it might be. I wrote down a fun team, Travis. That if they're if they're buying at the deadline, I could see them adding a first base DH type. That'd be the Rangers. Um, they haven't gotten a ton of value in my mind um, from the DH spot, so maybe they use like a platooning action with him and Nathaniel Lowe at first base. You could DH one, pinch at the other. Not necessarily platooning full on because both guys should probably be playing every day. But I'm just saying like they could play first one day dh the other um depending on the situation um i just think that there's a lot of opportunity for the rangers to improve offensively i could see a righty bat slotting in well if the rangers get clicking somehow at the deadline and Seeger's hitting well uh, nathaniel lowe's hitting well i could definitely see a spot where um they need a, a nice righty bat mm-hmm. um, right in between them um, so that being said, I could see that fit. I also put down the Twins. If the Twins feel like they need an offensive boost, I could see them adding a guy like Walker to play first base. A lot of their first base reps have gone to Donovan Solano, which is why I also wrote down Walker and Goldschmidt as potential thoughts for the Twins, just because I feel like they could use another righty bat in the middle of their order and another first base option outside of a guy like Solano, who should probably be more of like a utility type instead of an everyday first baseman in my mind. Um, I think Walker makes sense for that team. Just a team that loves hitting home runs throughout the last few years. That's been their MO. Walker could kind of add to that identity for them. Um, He had 36 last year, already has nine this year, Um, eight doubles in the year as well. So I like Walker's bat a lot. A unique hitter. Um, Doesn't, uh, you know, just an interesting kind of, you know, the average is better than, than years past. And so if he can, if he can really kind of uh, dial it in, keep doing what he's doing, I'm not sure why they wouldn't deal him. If the, if the Diamondbacks are struggling, some Diamondbacks fans might be like, Hey Alex, we are doing pretty good right now as a team. Why are you telling us to sell? I just think that if, You know me, Travis. Commit to a direction. If I'm the Diamondbacks, I'm thinking future, future, future. Um, Walker is already 32, like I said. Only a year and a half of team control. I would personally look to move him at the deadline if we are not going to make the playoffs. Why would we hold on to him? Um, I guess you could maybe hope maybe next season's our year and we break through, make the wild card, all that stuff, yada yada. But I would I would bring back a couple of prospects for Walker that are the age of their young guys. They have such a young uh, pitching staff coming in through AAA and starting out in the majors right now. Mm-hmm. They have Corbin Carroll. They have Moreno, the catcher. So, um, long story short, Travis Walker for prospects makes sense to me from a Diamondbacks perspective. Any thoughts on either Walker Absolutely. or?
1: yeah yeah Any a, a, absolutely with Walker um you know even looking at his age he he is getting up there and not not old not, old man but right but just I thought he was like late 20s personally he, he's getting up there for this Diamondbacks team you know right Diamondbacks team is 27 or younger you kind of want to keep it that way and keep all these guys um in, in around that same ballpark you know you want some veterans here and there but I just feel like that that's a great move if he continues to be um, a huge power bat, you know, and maybe the season just doesn't go the way that you want to go, and then you start looking at options to, you know, move him to the Twins, move him to the Red Sox, move him to a bunch of these different teams that could use a big righty first baseman. Uh, I think it's a great move. I, I think that's a great move for the Diamondbacks. Great move for the team that's going to receive a guy like him because um, Walker's been such a under the radar bat. I feel like the past, you know, the past year and a half. I mean, thirty six bombs last year, nine so far this year probably going to meet 30 home runs again. I mean, that that's pretty special, at least when you got a guy like this under the radar that can go back-to-back seasons of 30 or more home runs. So um, I, I'm i big on a guy like Christian Walker getting out of Arizona and onto a team that will, will utilize him in the playoffs and can at least have him for next year. But no, I, I think you're right with fans being upset as well. You know, hey, we're doing good right now. Why do we want to move him? He's been so successful the last couple seasons. That's the last thing we want to do. Uh, but you're right, commit to the direction Commit to your vision of where you want to be in, you know, two to three years and execute it. Same thing kind of applies, I feel like, with the pirates. Follow that direction. This season, right now, the start's been great. Hey, maybe in July you guys are still first place, and you really want to keep on pushing towards a playoff spot. But if you're not, then I think you really need to commit to the direction and, and look towards you know the next two to three years to to build off of because you have a lot of prospects in your minor league system. You want all these guys to come up and kind of really build off one another. I, I just again, I just look at that Atlanta Braves team. They've they've done that. They've built a just juggernaut right now where everybody is somewhat the same age. And they're all contributing on a very high level, so that's my thought.
0: And, and just just to give a little bit of praise to the Diamondbacks fans, I don't want you to think that you know I'm all out on your team because I want you to trade Walker. I just look at these these names: Gabriel Moreno, their catcher, age 23, a uh, really uh, touted prospect. A 23 year old who's already performing decently at the big league level is something special. Um, Geraldo Perdomo, a shortstop age 23, hitting the ball well right now in a small sample size. Looking at Alec Thomas in the outfield, 23 years old. Looking at Jake McCarthy, 25 years old. Looking at Corbin Carroll, 22 years old, already hitting great at the big league level and running crazy fast. Um, looking at other names here, Dominic Fletcher, 25, one of their nice players in the minors that just got called up recently. Uh at only 25 years old, they're pitching Travis. Zach Gallon's 27, um, but Ryan Nelson is 25, uh, Tommy Henry, 25, uh, Dre Jameson, 25. All these young names in their system. They just called up Brandon Travis, his last name. I don't know how to say it. It's P-F-A-A-D-T. I think it's like Paft or something but <laughs> Travis I picked up on fantasy he got lit up doesn't matter he's gonna be really good he was really good in the minors so far this year um I they just have they just have youth all over the place a really good prospect system I think that uh selling high on Walker is a great time to do so at this deadline but Travis that's all I got on this section I think we did a pretty good job of bringing up some fun names some teams that might be interested in some of these fun names um, shall,
1: shall we dare to bring up the big name
0: if you want to talk about it
1: i, <laughs> I, I think i think we, we have to now so well i i only mention it because every single week mlb writers they're always going to be bringing this stuff up and it's funny where will otani play next year where will we play in three months because the angels are not doing good uh, uh they are two games above 500 um but you know they're 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 just not doing good but um it is something that always lingers Alex uh it it is a tough situation to look at because you know you want to make sure as, as Angel fans you you want to you want to first secure if you're going to keep this guy for the rest of the year and we're not going to make the playoffs you want to at least look at Shohei and 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 see that he is committed to this organization and doesn't want to leave I think every Angel fan Angel every Angels fans uh, nightmare is basically us finishing the season not making the playoffs Otani leaves um I trust think, we get that uh we get that second round pick or whatever it is the cut co- the that compensatory pick that could be good um but i i, I think that that's it, it's it's a question because uh that you have to ask and you have to say you know if things aren't going well uh what do you do because even you know two and a half months of shohei you're probably still getting a very valuable uh you know prospect in return because uh you know A playoff team would love to have this designated hitter and also to love to have this starting pitcher but um just give me give me a 30 second pitch (laughs) right now right now
0: are you leaning keep or trade at the deadline obviously so much time between now and the deadline Mm -hmm. but based on what you see with this team Mm -hmm. what they might be capable of if they
1: stay healthy are you leaning one way or the other? Bye. Oh, I, I I am I'm leaning keep right now. I mean, we're if we we're the if we were the Chicago White Sox, we were the St. Louis Cardinals, then it'd be a, a tough situation because you have to almost hope for a miracle to get back into things. But right now, with the way the division is, especially in the American League West, it, it's 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 open. I mean, not only are we looking at a possible chance for a wild card, we're also looking at a chance to where you could be looking at Angels winning the division and then then you got, you know, then you actually got a playoff series at home. Um, and and that's really awesome to look at because... Uh, I mean, the Angel fans have been doom and gloom, Travis, but yeah. the only team ahead of us
0: in the AL West rankings is the Texas Rangers. Yep. So if you are an Angels fan and you're a big believer in the Rangers and thinking we'll be able to catch them, and that's why we straight out, Tawny, then I guess that's just your take. The wild card race will probably be pretty tough because of the AL it East is. and how it stands. But I do think that, you know... Pick two or three teams from this mix. Blue Jays, Texas, Astros, Baroners, Red Sox, Angels. Like two or three of those teams are going to drop out, I feel like. They're going to hit a cold stretch sometime in the middle of the year. Not sure which team it's going to be of that group. But some teams will drop out of that race. And the teams that stick around are probably going to try to retool at the trade deadline. I could see Otani. um, Honestly, I think the only way we trade him is if we're like out out at the deadline kind
1: of like we were last year but right now i mean i mean yeah like you mentioned it's it's last year we went on a 14 game losing streak and that was really the big killer if you look at the if you take that away and if, if you if you you know have us going you know if you have us playing 500 baseball things are a lot different and uh, we're probably not even trading a lot of the guys that we had. we're probably not even trading like cinder we're not trading you know rice Hell iglesias last year so if you just kind of keep to the par and you're playing around 500 baseball you're not going to trade him because that's giving you an opportunity and, and all the angels and all the fans really want is just an opportunity to play in october because we know the number one seed has just just as much the same luck as the sixth seed you know especially in baseball it, it with with these small sample sizes anything's possible i mean you put otani and trout in a three-game series i mean they go off and then and then you're looking at a, a a you know us advancing to the next round but it will be um it will be interesting when you look down the stretch but right now not at all right now you you right now i look at the angels and say we've played bad we've played we've had bad defense we've had bad starting pitching and we're still two games above 500 at the in, in second place in the American league West. I mean, how could I, how could I not be more grateful and and happy with what we've with, with the actual result? I know we can play a lot better. And uh, I, I think that it will, it will come true later on in, in, in May and in June. But that's where I'm at with Otani. I don't think that we will um, we're, we're moving it right now.
0: Yeah. I'm in, I'm, I'm in agreement at the moment. Um, Travis, One last thing we can touch on before we wrap things up today. I had to bring it up.
1: What? I had to bring it up.
0: Oh, no. On Otani? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm glad glad we did cover that because (laughs) I'm glad we covered that because I do think that um, no matter where the Angels are, Travis, if we are like five games above 500 and like say we're like five games out of the division, four games out of the division – People are going to talk about it like Angels oh, for, today, sure. Friot, for Artani, sure. yeah. it'll be a talking point. Even if the angels are like tied with the lead, I think it'll be a talking if, point. If
1: you're like, yeah, if, if you're double digits out of it or if you're, you know, you know, eight games back of like the wild card, then it's like, OK, now we have now
0: to, it's a real conversation. Now
1: now it's a real conversation. But with everything that's happening right now. Yeah, I think especially I think if you're like within five games back and it's like, you know, eight, or what is it? Is it July? July thirtieth approaching. I think it's like, well, you can easily make up two and a half games in a month you know yeah especially when you're playing everybody
0: especially because you know we're also playing like let's say our competition is like texas or houston we'll probably play them in a series it could be a big like august sweep, sweep could like change the cards but travis last thing we touch on before we wrap things up here um we talked a lot about the arise for pablo lopez trade between the Uh, Miami Marlins uh, getting uh, Luisa Rice and the Minnesota Twins getting Pablo Lopez. I just love touching uh, base on old trades and old transactions just because it kind of lets us kind of get a view from those teams' perspectives. Like, how did that work out for you? How did, uh, you know, was that a a wise mistake? Did you sell at the right time? You know, what's kind of the aftermath of that deal? So I'm going to pull up kind of both guys my computer here and just kind of try to figure out my opinion on on the deal um it looks like to me obviously if you're following baseball you know luis arise is hitting the ball great with a mlb leading 398 batting average and mlb leading 457 on base um just one homer one triple six double so the extra bases are not coming in coming in droves but Overall, definitely very happy if you're a Marlins fan with acquiring this guy. Um, also, the team record is probably better than they maybe would have expected unless you're a really optimistic Marlins fan, but they are currently 19-19. and uh, Baseball reference gives them a 2.7 chance to make the playoffs. I'm not sure if that's generous or if that's uh, too low, but I do think that My biggest problem with trading Pablo Lopez is I would have gone for a prospect instead of a rise. I've said that multiple times here. But, Travis, Pablo Lopez is pitching good baseball for the Minnesota Twins now, and the Twins – um, are leading their division. So give me your thoughts on, you know, how good is a rise right now? Was it a good deal for Miami since it's working out with their guy hitting the ball well? Or is it a better deal for the twins because they're actually leading their division? Give me your kind of brief take on that matter.
1: Yeah, I've said this before. I think it's one of like the most like even trades we've seen over the last year. I mean both teams are um successful and both guys are successful and it, I feel like right now, right now, this day, May eleventh, you know, both teams are, are looking at. You know, we, we cannot be happier. I think it, towards down the stretch, the Twins will, of course, will be the ones who have won that trade. Um, Arrias, uh, unfortunately, he has dipped below the four hundred mark for the batting average. So uh, didn't see that coming. <laughs> Ted Williams, you you should be safe. <laughs> he he, he reigns supreme. But um, but no, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, Miami, I think it should be very happy with being nineteen and nineteen right now. Yeah. Arias is. Having himself, like I said, a a great start right now. I mean, he probably he he will be a National League All-Star. I don't know if he's going to be starting at first or, you know, starting at first or second base. But um, right now he's having one hell of a start. and, and, And that's awesome to see. He is 26 years old. I think right now he it looks like they have control over him till 2026 um so he'll be you know he'll be in his 20s he'll be a contact machine for them moving forward yeah he's gonna be a free agent in 26 i can definitely see them you know locking him up for you know a certain amount of time and making him a marlin for you know longer than 2026 but looking at you know what pablo lopez is doing i mean he's just he, he's complimenting already that great starting pitching staff i mean right now they have uh, joe ryan with a 2.45 era they have sunny gray with a 1.35 era and then you just have pablo lopez a 3.47 era so it's like it's just incredible seeing it's like
0: it's all like, the luck
1: these guys are having right it, now
0: it, it's like it's like uh i'm not sure who the ace is but in terms of like a 3-4 game series like i like the guys they have like it's like it's it like is. a it is it's like a like we always talk about like a guys b guys like it's like it's like three b plus pitchers at the top of the rotation
1: it, it is and, and it really is going to be huge if these guys are still pitching at at these you know tremendous levels come october because i mean you could have a three-headed monster with lopez, ryan, gray going into a playoff series and you know why wouldn't you know you, you'd feel so great about yourself right then and there so I, I do think that the the Twins are kind of the obvious team that that that's won this trade just because Pablo Lopez I think has a um, better chance to affect the outcome of the game and affect your team and affect your just affect everything that you do in that in that season. So I will say I think um, I think the Twins are looking at it better than the uh, the Miami Marlins. I think if the Marlins had Lopez and the Twins had Arias, you know. I, I just I, I think that the Twins would have you know some more open spots to fill than you know than I then you know what what they have right now. I think the pitching is just incredible, and then you know even Donovan Solano, he is you know not the best guy, but he's still kind of getting the job done. He's not awful, but um, you just, know just just trade for Walker and the whole field. You're right about that. I mean, yeah, it's 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 remarkable, and especially with the way that the offense has not been good for the Twins right now. I mean, looking at their their lineup, I mean. You know the OPS plus levels are not great Buxton has kind of gotten it back together Max Kepler's kind of picking it up But his batting average is really low um, I'm high on Kepler by the way it, I, I, if, I know you if, are yeah.
0: if, if you yeah. need an outfielder in fantasy And you're just struggling And Kepler's available in the waivers pick him up I think, I think that I'm I'm in agreement with a lot of people who look at like the advanced numbers that he is is uh is due to improve these numbers here. But you're right that the offense is struggling, especially Correa, who was meant to be the oh, big yeah. name. I mean, he's, a, a 189 average is he, crazy. He made
1: comments in the news. He was getting booed a couple of nights ago, which is kind of funny because I mean, most most Minnesota fans don't boo because their fan base has historically always been pretty polite. But I mean, he, he kind of it was kind of funny. He made a good statement saying, you know, I'd boo myself. You know, I'm making this much money and I cannot. Hit the b- baseball so um it, at least it's good to see him holding himself accountable you know i, I i'm trying to think who what oh I'm, I'm thinking football now uh zach wilson you know <laughs> oh. <laughs> where you know he might suck and he might say you know it's not my fault so it, it's you know i i don't put any blame on this loss on me it, it's everybody else but uh, you travis, like to at least see a guy uh, have uh, some accountability I'll,
0: I'll take it to a different sport travis there's a viral <laughs> video going around uh with lakers fans on twitter where. It shows Russell Westbrook's stat line. I think he was like 0 for 11 with like two rebounds and like three assists. And it shows zero points for the game. He, he was a starter. He played the whole game. And the, the interviewer asked him, how do you think you played today, Russell? And he's like, I think I played pretty good. And it's just like you were 0 for 11. What are you? But anyways, um, at least Correa doesn't have that that quite that mindset where uh, he is, you know, making excuses for himself or saying that, you know, he's, he's I'm a legend still. Don't worry about it. He's taking accountability. I think he will step up, obviously, his production. But there's good depth in the Twins. Gallo offensively, um, when he's clicking, he's uh, a a real threat, left-handed bat. Jeffers is hitting the ball well um, early in the season here. Lots of of interesting things to like. Uh, Kirilov, really small sample size, but a young guy that's hitting the ball uh, pretty well so far, at least getting a ton of walks. Um, Five walks to one strikeout is pretty good in in only 14 PAs. Uh, But yeah, you mentioned it. the offense— Um, on the starting side of things is not super deep. So that's why I'd like them to add a guy like Walker. Um, And then you can make Solano kind of more of a a utility guy, uh, wherever the other holes are. Also, I believe Tyler Maley is getting Tommy John, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's another injury I heard about today. If it's not Tommy John, it's a different injury. I know he is getting shut down at 60-day IL at the moment. Um, He had a 316 ERA, so he was pitching well um, and then but, you know, they have depth coming up. Bailey Ober has gotten uh, a couple starts now. Good ERA. I think he may have gotten lit up today, if I'm not mistaken. But um, Jarvis I mean, these guys go up and down. They, yeah. they do have more depth now because of that Pablo Lopez trade. That That is no question. And the bullpen has some names. Um, worth fearing as well. Johan Duran is an absolute uh, freak of nature of how hard he throws. Uh, Jorge Lopez was some good depth they added uh, last uh, yeah. trade deadline. So there's there's things to like all over the place. Uh, Louis Varland is a prospect that they called up, uh, pitching prospect, starting pitcher. They, they, they have depth. And I think that adding a bat could really change things for them. I like the Lopez trade for them. In my mind, they're the winners of the trade. But if Marlins, uh, you know, if they sneak into the wild card, it will be in big yeah. part because of what Arias's bat is doing at the moment yeah. in terms of contact. If he can keep up um, the production he's
1: at, so Travis, that pretty much wraps up my thoughts on the trade. I'll mention this too. Yeah, I, I think that if you if you switched it right now, uh, a singles machine like Arias would not be helping this lineup, and they would be looking at another starting pitcher to hopefully you know lean on because I think Joe Ryan and Gray are uh, yeah, Joe Ryan and Sunny Gray are doing well. Um, but you're probably looking at the back half of that rotation, you know, throughout the season, it, it will probably progressively kind of get worse. And so that that might be some trouble for Minnesota, especially with, you know, this division this year. They they, they it's their division to lose right now. I mean, um, they have three great starting pitchers and that should carry them throughout the season to to win this division right now.
0: Travis, looking at a recent update, Nathan Iavaldi has thrown 28 28- uh, and two thirds straight scoreless innings as he just they just pulled him they just pulled oh, I him. They're
1: gonna tell me some like good news, but like bad news for the Rangers. So
0: no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. As an Angels fan, you wanted to hear bad news, but it's actually <laughs> it's actually he threw he threw eight and two thirds today. I don't know why they pulled him for one out, but he did get 12 Ks, one walk, three hitter, no runs. So um you know Texas is cooking right now, Chavez. They are cooking at the moment. I still you know we're going to be a little bit pessimistic on them until they really prove it in a larger sample size just because you know um what,
1: what what scares me about them is that they're doing this well and even seekers out that sure. th- that's one point of it that i look at and i'm like wow that's that's pretty incredible um i don't think jonah Heim is jonah haim's been incredible i don't think he's going to keep up the same exact you know, production the whole season um I, I know that they have some other guys. At, you know, their middle infield when they played the Angels was remarkable. The defense and the hitting was all was all was all pretty good. So I, again, I, I don't think that they're going to. A lot of these guys are going to keep up the same level of production, but who knows?
0: Right? Yeah, I think um, Ezekiel Duran, one twenty four OPS plus. I'll bait. I'll take the under for the rest of the season um
1: Tavares I think they have as well
0: Liotta Tavares a 120 OPS plus give me the under for the rest of the season um you mentioned Jonah Haim a 157 OPS plus I love Haim what he brings to the table that seems like it's gonna be regressing quite a bit this is of course just my opinion maybe these guys are really having true breakouts but um yeah like Jankowski on the IL currently but had a 122 OPS plus um not quite sure um how many of these guys are gonna be able to keep up the numbers that they're currently at. But I do like some of the pitchers. Um Heaney's had some struggles, um, probably as expected to some. Martin Perez I think is due for some regression as well. John Gray due for some regression. But I've always liked Ivaldi. I've always loved DeGrom of course. Um I've always been a little anti-Will Smith, and Travis Angels uh, had a nice little comeback against him. I called it as they put him in. I'm like, oh, we got Will Smith. I'm not afraid of Will Smith.
1: Mean, Will Smith, the zero ERA guy in 2021 World Series and playoffs. Right?
0: Uh, small sample. That's yeah. a little, little bit of a fluke. Run. That's okay, though. Yeah. A little bit of a devil magic going on there. But Travis, um, before I ramble you know, us for another hour here, let us wrap things up. Um, if you made it this far, we appreciate your support. Of course, we'll get back to you guys next week with a new episode covering all new topics in MLB. Um, and we hope to talk to you guys then.
1: Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. (laughs)